the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Kath has the day off. Glad that you're with us. The uh, snow has passed, the ice, the rain, and whatnot. Temperatures have risen after a really uh, rocky and weird morning commute. Looks like at least uh, all is well. So hope that uh, wherever you are right now, maybe you had yourself a snow day and you're safe in the confines of your home, or you're making your way back again. Thanks for joining us today here on The Ride Home. ISIS and their recruitment of young Americans or young people worldwide has reached um, another zenith here in the United States. There is uh, two women who have uh, recently come out, uh, American citizens, and said, essentially, uh, my bad. And I made a mistake, and I'd like to come back to the United States. One of the women, a 20-year-old college student in Alabama who had become convinced of the righteousness of the Islamic State, she uh, duped her parents into thinking that they were that she was going to go on a college trip, and instead she bought a plane ticket four years ago to Turkey with her tuition money. Now, after being smuggled into the caliphate, a young woman by the name of Hoda Muthana, Hoda Muthana posted a photograph on Twitter showing her gloved hands holding her American passport, which the headline said, Bonfire Soon, four years ago. Then she was married to three Islamic State fighters, widowed twice, witnessed executions like the ones she had cheered on in social media, and now she says that she is deeply sorry and wants to return home to the United States. But... Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says, not so fast. Mike Pompeo claimed on Wednesday that the two women, including Hoda Muthana, the uh, second one uh, holds a uh, an American and a Canadian passport. She's lived in Canada most of her life. But Hoda Muthana, 20 years old, has uh, traveled to Syria, like I said. She now says that she wants to come back. Mike Pompeo says that uh, the assertion that Hoda Mathana really does not have any legal basis, no valid U.S. passport and no right to a passport, contradicts statements by her family and her Florida-based lawyer who said that she was born in Hackensack, New Jersey, attended school in Alabama. She is one of uh, 1,500 foreign women and children, spouses and children of Islamic State militants held in a Kurdish-run detention camp in northern Syria. I've got some audio for you that was um, released by the BBC. The BBC went to uh, these detention centers and interviewed Hoda Muthana face-to-face. Here's a brief clip. Speaking for the first time on television, 24-year-old Hoda Muthana says she was radicalized and brainwashed by a secret Twitter group of up to 3,000 ISIS youth. When I was 17, I... I had an account on Twitter, 
and we were all just normal Tough. Muslims speaking together and like we were just learning off of each other feeding off of each other we heard the caliphate caliphate was announced and then we we interpreted ourselves that it was obligatory upon us to go in november of 2014 she left her family and friends in alabama crossing into syria locked in a safe house she says her only choice was marriage does that sound crazy to you now sounds very crazy <laughs> She married an Australian jihadi. He was dead in three months. Her next husband, the father of her now 18-month-old son, also killed. I asked if she knew about ISIS atrocities. We didn't see much, but what we did see when we did see it, we would see dead bodies in public. Her friends and family say before Muthana traveled to Syria, she was a kind and quiet teenager. She was gentle. She was smiling. And nobody could have ever imagined that she would join a group of that uh, violent uh, nature. She says war has changed her, but she does admit helping spread ISIS propaganda in the past, calling for attacks on Americans on Twitter. Saying in one tweet, Americans wake up, go on drive-bys and spill all of their blood. Do you feel shame when you, when you hear that? Right? Very much, yeah. What do you think would be a kind of a normal maybe, thing? Maybe um, therapy lessons, maybe a process that will ensure us that we'll never do this again. Jail time, I don't know if that has an effect on people. I don't know if you've quite grasped how awful ISIS was to the communities. The Yazidi women that were enslaved, the men and women who were accused of being homosexual, who were pushed off buildings. Do you feel regret and sorrow and remorse mm -hmm. for being part of an organization like ISIS? Definitely. It's... It's not Islamic at all. I believe that 100%. The lawyer representing the Mothana family says she's ready to face justice here in the United States if she's allowed to come home. She's trying to redeem herself, uh, and right now we're just waiting the U.S. government to take action. It's extremely complicated, isn't it? Now, here's the deal. She's committed war crimes. Uh, you hear the young woman... Hoda Mathana say, well, yeah, uh, I should pay a price. Essentially, what I should do is receive therapy. But she's committed treason against the United States of America. If she was brought back to the United States, there's no doubt that she would face a trial and I would think considerable jail time. What is it like to be 20 years old on the Internet and essentially brought into the fold of the enemy? It's not a, an uncommon story. It's uncommon because the young woman has been married three times, twice a widow to Islamic State martyrs, and she has an 18-month-old son. I know there's a lot of outcry for, for compassion and sympathy for this young woman. But when you think about what she has done to herself, her family, and how she's turned her back on the United States of America— Something has to be done that's more serious than just therapy. That's the world we live in today. The enemy is around us. The enemy essentially has infiltrated us. And no matter your walk in Christ with Christ, you commit the crime, you commit a sin, then, of course, there has to be recompense. That's how we start off our show today. We've got a good one for you today. We're going to talk with Gary Smith again from Grove City College. He gives us an overview of Christian history here in the city of Pittsburgh. Also, uh, Andy Agaba, who joins us 
from the uh, Coalition for Christian Outreach as well. He has spent his time in the United States doing good, working for microfinance loans for young men and women, hoping to reclaim Nigeria, Uganda, Rwanda. We'll talk with Andy at 515 and also a revisit with Drew Dick, who joins us to talk about your future self will thank you about self-control. But in a few minutes, remember the ministry Silver Ring Thing? Silver Ring Thing recently has come under attack for the way that they look at chastity. We'll talk with Jason Burt, the CEO of Silver Ring Thing, in just a few minutes. Stay with us. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy on a snowy Wednesday afternoon. We'll be back with lots more. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekend with the best new music. New music music from I Am They, Scars. Danny Gokey and Haven't Seen It Yet. And with Lifted Hands by Ryan Stevenson. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. When it comes to your identity and devices, there's no soundtrack to let you know you might be in danger. That's why you need LifeLock with Norton Security to look out for the silent threats of today's digital universe. No one can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock detects threats to your identity, and Norton protects against online threats. Join now at LifeLock.com and use promo code SMART to get 10% off your first year. Some say Hulu is the bacon of TV. Think about it. Bacon is so incredibly good, it ruins eating everything without bacon forever. And Hulu? Well, with tons of shows and movies, exclusive originals like The Handmaid's Tale, plus live TV for sports, Hulu will ruin TV for you forever. Mmm, bacon. Mmm, Hulu. Hulu with live TV plan required for live content. Restrictions apply. To succeed in business, you need talent. You find talent at the Word FM Job Fair. Businesses know our job fairs set the standard in this town thanks to the caliber of this audience. Highly trained, always seeking to up their game. These are loyal, hardworking, dedicated folks who'd seriously consider your offer if... 
They only knew you had one. The Word FM Job Fair, Thursday, March 28th, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree. It's anything but business as usual. Secure your presence now at 412-937-1500. Jason Bird is with us. Jason's the CEO of Silver Ring Thing Unaltered with us in studio. Jason, welcome back to the show. Good to see you. Hey, it's good to be here. Pleasure. Hey, uh, during the break, you're telling me you're a New Englander, so this is nothing. No, in fact, I, I thrive in these kind of conditions. I yep. prefer this than the sunshine sometimes. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me that in July, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, okay, silver ring thing. Now, uh, we talked about this uh, last week. Uh, a woman by the name of Nadia Bowles-Weber, a, uh, a, a, I would call her a progressive Christian. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's using, Former pastor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Probably for a reason. She's got a church of progressives. Now, she's sort of taken Silver Ring Thing on. And, you, and Silver Ring Thing, this is no secret, you guys have taken heat for the uh, the purity ring. Sure. Uh, to talk about that from your perspective, because I, I'm pro Silver Ring Thing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think there have been people that over the years, I, I'd love to know if she's actually seen what we do. Because it's really a stereotype that over the years they kind of built up against purity events per se, like overall. And, uh, and so people have blamed that basically as, uh, as extra biblical, kind of like that we've taken one virtue of the Christian faith and kind of elevated above other things. And sure. that people who either thought that it would promise something or thought that it would, their life would turn out differently, maybe they turned, you know, mid thirties and they were still single and feel like God let them down or that, uh, that some people thought there was a shame culture associated with it. Uh, so if it wasn't necessarily our event per se, but kind of lumping everything together and saying, Hey, any, any ill that I've experienced or any kind of issue in sexually sexuality, you know, uh, I kind of hinge it and uh, blame it on this purity ring ring culture. Yeah. Yeah, So talk about that, that shame culture. So young men and women come in, they go through the process, they receive a silver ring and then maybe they go out and they fool around sexually. So with that comes associated shame. But that's not what you're about at all. That's not the message you're preaching. No. In fact, from the very beginning, our message was we got criticized more being about grace and forgiveness and reconciliation <laughs> starting over. So those who heard our message were like, why are you focusing so much on that those who have made mistakes or been sexually active, that there's redemption, that there's grace? I said, well, because that, that fits so many people that do come to our events. Sure. Uh, but other people didn't present it that way. So again, we got kind of lumped in together that they would basically say that we said, oh, if you are, you're damaged goods or you're used up or... Got, who would want you? God can't even use you. That was never our message, but we kind of got just caught up Pushed in the whirlwind. The mix, right? yeah. Okay, so uh, no secret today. Look, look at today's culture, right? Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, you name it. We are awash in the wholesale push of sexuality on the culture. Yep. Uh, clearly things are not working out well. There, there is a lot of shame associated with this. Obviously, there is a lot of heartbreak and for the right reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's essentially like wh- where we are today is, you know, we've evolved a lot as an organization. Our message is expanded within our events. We talk more about identity, find your identity in Christ, how to deal with pornography. I, I mean, if you, we started in 95 when the Internet was born a few years before that. So a lot of the pressures we're dealing with today were not deal- that we weren't dealing with back then. And even with teens dealing with issues of depression, anxiety, uh, FOMO, a lot of the pressures of social media that have created. Yeah. Now we're able to address those, but unfortunately, our name did not because people tie us into, oh, you're just a, you're an absence event. You're a just say no thing, and I that's see. not what we are. So 
then talk about what you do. You've made a name change in some way, not in response to criticism, but in response to, to changing culture. Yeah, in response to, you know, we wanted to adjust really, we wanted to speak into what we are talking about today, which our mission ultimately is about leading students to fullness of life. That's what we're about. We want to see a generation who can live within God's unaltered design and experience that freedom and flourishing. So we just realized that our name, Silver Ring thing, held us back from that because I would always start from that negative, trying to overcome those stereotypes that are built up in people's minds or a picture of the 1990s. And so we are in the process, we're almost there, of converting fully into, uh, renaming into unaltered ministries. Unaltered. So the, the message with being unaltered is what? The unaltered message is essentially that God has an unchanging, unaltered will for our for mankind. That each one of us, you know, when Jesus said he came and he said that if you hold fast to my teaching, you are truly my disciples, then you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. So it's by obedience to what God's design is and recognizing that design that we find meaning and purpose in life. And so that hasn't changed. God's will doesn't change, yes. even though culture does. So when we pursue that and we live obedience to it, that's the only way we're going to experience life to the full. So in today's culture, when you talk to your target age is what? Our target age is still primarily teens, 12 to 18 years old, as and well as their parents. What's that message? How is it received? I mean, it's got to be an uphill battle for a lot of kids. Uh, well, what we've done in the event, which has been hugely, it's been so well received, is we've expanded the message in the event, too. So it's not just about purity and sexuality. We've actually taken the, the scripture of 1 Timothy 4.12, where Paul is telling Timothy, he says, don't let anyone look down at you because you're young, but set an example for the believers. And he yeah. mentions five things. He says, speech, love, conduct, faith, and purity. So we've taken those five words and we've expanded those into kind of five like anchors that we can live by. And so we say, so to live an unaltered life within God's design means to speak life, live with purpose, love selflessly, trust God, and pursue purity. And so that's all done by a young team of, you know, peer level 18 to 23 year olds who are living that out, who have hope, joy, meaning. So they exhibit this personally saying, you can have this too when you just follow his design. Apart from it. We see the calamity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, been there, done that, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, go back to this event then, because you've got yeah. a bunch of young kids, a little older than teenagers, right? Yep. But, you know, young 20-somethings yeah. who've already lived a life, but they're talking, so it doesn't feel as though it's, like, you know, some 50-year-old guy wagging his finger. No, I mean, I'm I'm 40, married with four kids and a dog, so I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> they're, they're already tuning me out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the goal is to, our, our mission is we try to discover, develop, and send young people. So we want to have young people people who, who have a passion, who are committed to Christ, who are living this out, and who, who come from different backgrounds, some from broken backgrounds, but all who at some point in time said, like, yeah, I'm, I'm kidding, my, I'm walking with Jesus, and I see that this unaltered life speaks into who I am, and so I want to share that with my peers. So from guys to girls, it's really that kind of that peer-led movement of, if we're doing it, so can you, yeah. you know? What about kids coming in? How do you even, you know, open up the doors and say, you may be unchurched, you may not know Jesus, but here's a message that's important for you to hear. That's got to be a leap as well. It is, you know, but if, uh, you know what, our, our team has done an unbelievable job in some of this rebranding stuff between, you know, we're trying to meet kids right where they are primarily digitally. So when you look at our YouTube page, Instagram, I have kids who don't go to church at all who follow us on Instagram because they're like, hey, that's pretty cool because they're following the lifestyle of these 12 people going all over the country. And they're wondering, like, why is it that they seem to have something I don't, which is mainly 
hope. Interesting. I, I talked about this yesterday. It's kind of funny. It's, it's brought up in my head here again. I, I knew a young kid years ago who was what he called a straight edge. And a straight edger was a kid who espouses those principles, although he would not call himself a believer. Yeah. He was a kid who was looking for truth. He was looking for redemption. He was trying to do the next right thing. Yeah. It's appealing to a lot of young kids considering the state of the culture today. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just an authenticity to it. I think the, 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 these kids, Gen Z right now, is smarter than other kids. They're looking around. They're seeing a lot of people like celebrities. Their lives falling apart. They're seeing their friends, things falling apart. And they're just saying, like, there's got to be something better. You know, and so we're just saying that better is ultimately rooted in the gospel. It's ultimately rooted in recognizing the one who created you and walking in his ways. You know, I heard it say one time that the two most important days of your life is the day you were born and the day you discover why you were born. And so we're helping kids to realize that, that we were created to worship God, to walk in his will. And we're then through that, we'll experience that fullness of life. Fabulous. You know? I mean, I got to applaud you because when you look at the landscape today, I mean, I think, you know, we're sort of built in, even at, at an advanced age, you know, you're cynical about life. And so you see kids now, 10, 11, 12, you know, 15, 16 years old, they pick up that cynical narrative about life. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you show up and you start to talk about truth, biblical truth, purity, mm-hmm. all that. That's an uphill battle for you to work into the culture and to invite kids into this process. Yeah, it is. It, you know, it's funny. We have, a, uh, we have a slogan going on in our office, too. Like one of our kind of values is get over yourself. All right, because yeah. because Please. a lot of, a lot of our culture today is very narcissistic. It's yep. very self focused from adult to, to child. Sure, but when you go outside of yourself, you begin to solve problems and serve people. When you go out and love other people, you become alive. And so part of like our mission is we're, we're showing young people who travel in the country, giving over their lives to others. And they're also modeling that. We go into communities. We do service projects. We were down in Florida when Hurricane Irma hit. Nice. And they spent 10 days down there mucking out homes, doing stuff. Because there's part of you that grows when you just give yourself to others, like Christ did, serving rather than being served. And so when you model that in this generation, they get the focus off of self, and it gives you a certain kind of renewed passion about life. Nice. So I'm curious about these kids, these uh, younger adults that you have. They're giving up uh, some precious years to go out and be on the road with you. Yeah, it's like a mission year for us. So really, uh, they come in, they travel for about seven months, but all total, they're with us about 10. They get some gaps in the middle, some training time. But they'll do almost uh, 75 or 80 events from Florida to New England to Washington State in that time. That's cool. In and out of all kinds of places. I bet. (laughs) There's a diary in there somewhere. Oh, man. And some of the best experiences are some of the places you would have never heard of. (laughs) Okay, so then talk about the events because you've got something locally happening. Yeah, so we got uh, four events coming up here in, in, in just about a month. So three of them are actually done in partnership with the Catholic Diocese here. So between March 21st and 27th, they're scattered throughout the city. Uh, and, and for some of the more traditional events that people are, are familiar with, uh, we're doing a big event on, uh, on, on March 24th at Northway up in Wexford. Nice. And so I'd encourage everyone to come out, both students and then parents too, because we do a special parent session. Because fullness of life is not just for students. We want parents to also like help them experience what does that feel like as Live a parent. As well. Ra- yeah, raising a teen and navigating today's culture. And our goal is to help equip you in doing that. Very nice. Okay, so you talked about social media. Obviously, you want people to intersect and connect there and then to get take one step forward and go to the events. So give us that. Yeah. So, I mean, they can find all the events are listed on our, uh, on our website, unalteredtour.com. Uh, Silver Ring thing still is present as a site right now as we're in this transition, but soon that will trans- transition over to be unalteredministries.com. Very nice. But for all the event listing, unalteredtour.com, they can get more info, connect to social media, all that stuff. Nice. Hey, Jason, thanks a lot, man. Congratulations hey. on this. Keep it up. Good stuff. Awesome being here. Yeah, my pleasure. 
unaltered.com. Unalteredtour. Unalteredtour.com. Yep. There you go. The event's for locally here in the city of Pittsburgh. Yep. Check it out. Take a break. Come back. We got lots more ahead. Drew Dick is going to talk to us about our future self in a few minutes. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Now, on a brand new night, it's Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome. The first Wednesday of the month, join Kenny Woods and a live Word FM audience and skate to your favorite CCM hits with prizes and giveaways 6.30 to 9 p.m. You could win a free skate night for your family or youth group. Admission $7. Skate rental just three more. Pastors and youth pastors skate free. Word FM Skate Night at Neville Rollerdrome, beginning Wednesday, March 6th. Groups over 30 must register in advance. Email info at skatenrd.com. From executive producers Tim Tebow and Robbie Tebow comes Run the Race. Two brothers share an unbreakable bond, but life's unexpected adversities put their future in question. It's all part of his plan, right? You're not the first person to wrestle with his faith. When you lose your way, how do you find hope? Why is this so hard? God does love you. He loves you like crazy. Run the race. Rated PG. Federal guidance suggested. In theaters February 22nd. For tickets and showtimes, go to runtheracemovie.com. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Looking to save on Medicare Part D? Switching to Walgreens may help you save on your Medicare Part D prescription. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Talk to the pharmacist to learn more. Cloudy and damp tonight with occasional rain and drizzle. Temperatures holding fairly steady this evening. And slowly rising later tonight within a couple degrees of 40. Tomorrow, rather cloudy and breezy with a high of 43. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 27. Then for Friday, sunshine and some patchy clouds with a high of 42. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. Kath has uh, today off. She's been off for uh, several days uh, dealing with uh, some family issues. So I would say this to you. Uh, as you know and love Kathy, if you're on a listener on a regular basis, uh, lift Kathy and her family up. Uh, that's really all I need to talk about, uh, only to say that Kathy needs prayers because uh, her family's in some turmoil right now. So we would certainly appreciate that, that you would uh, you would do so. What about your, um, your prayer time? Speaking of prayer, how does it work for you? Uh, do you do you work in a, in a regular prayer time in your life, or is it sort of catch as catch can? You know, uh, for years for me, it, it was catch as catch can. But uh, 
I gotta be honest, uh, based upon the, the pattern of my kind and loving and um, much, much better person than I am, my wife, uh, she showed me years ago uh, to sit down at the start of the day and, uh, and to go into my prayer time. Uh, to be honest, and I know this, I know you know this, if you do this, uh, it revolutionizes your life. It, cha- it changes you. It's something that, you know, if you would have told my 25-year-old self that I was looking forward to doing as I woke up in the morning, I, you know, I, I might have mocked you or, you know, scoffed at the, at the idea of that. But to be honest, when I wake up in the morning and I, I know that I've got a standing date with the Lord of the universe, um, not to say that, you know, the rest of my day is all easy peasy and I'm all, you know, sugar and spice and everything nice, but it really, it, it cements my day. It really, really helps me out tremendously in my um, turmoil. And I know this is what the, the, the nature of what it is to be alive in my turmoil, in my fear, in my hurry, in my rush, in all those things that are sort of counterproductive to kindness and truth and love and flourishing of Christ in this world, all those other opposite things. I'm able to look at those at the start of the day and reconfigure where my heart and mind start out in a mad rush of list making and appointment setting and ego drive and all that. Of course, you know, we're all of that same nature, of that flesh sin nature. And instead, to stop. And in that stop, to surrender. Boy, It's so valuable. Uh, I, I can't say enough about it and would encourage you to do that as well. So you think about where you are. If, you, if your life is in tor- turmoil right now, if there's something that is just you can't get over, if the pain is so deep, if the crush is so great, if the heartache so bad, I'd, I'd recommend that you set your clock 15 minutes early tomorrow morning to set your alarm clock early. And it doesn't have to be some great cataclysmic moment what it requires more than anything is stillness stillness to soften your heart to slow down your mind and to sit with the lord of the universe and to have a conversation and to pour out whatever's on you good bad and or otherwise to pour it out and i guarantee you i'll stake my life on this goodness comes change happens. There is life and there is love and there is renewed vigor when you schedule an appointment with God every day. I got no doubt about that. Take a break and come back and uh, we're going to talk with a guy who we love. Uh, Drew Dick is going to join us. Your future self will thank you what it is to, uh, to be so inclined and to have a good habit. Stick around for that. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy here on a Wednesday afternoon. WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And the way you maintain your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit and live the Spirit-filled life is setting our mind on those things and not 
tolerating anything else. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2019 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. One day only, Saturday, February 23rd from 10 to 5 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall, upper level near Wahlburgers. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 40 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. For King and Country, Burn the Ships World Tour 2019. March 29th in Indiana at Kovalchik Center. Spend an evening up close and personal with Joel and Luke for King and Country. Tickets are on sale now. Also featuring Josh Baldwin. A night featuring the songs that have encouraged you and brand new songs from their album, Burn the Ships. March 29th at Kovalchik Center. More details and tickets are available now at forkingandcountry.com. To succeed in business, you need talent. You find talent at the Word FM Job Fair. Businesses know our job fairs set the standard in this town thanks to the caliber of this audience. Highly trained, always seeking to up their game. These are loyal, hardworking, dedicated folks who'd seriously consider your offer if they only knew you had one. The Word FM Job Fair, Thursday, March 28th, 11 to 3 at the Pittsburgh Plaza Hotel Green Tree. It's anything but business as usual. Secure your presence now at 412-937-1500. If you've lived in your, your neighborhood long enough, you've seen the neighborhood change, right? Families have kids, the kids grow uh, whether they're Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or whatnot, they they knock on your door and you know they're they're hawking their goods, and then the kids grow up and then they move on, and you know those door knocks stop until the next generation in the neighborhood moves forward. This is Girl Scout cookie time, and I can't tell you for years how I look forward to that knock on the door and those sweet little girls standing there in their brownie outfits with their little beanie hats on saying, John, would you? And before the words even got out of their mouth, I was like, right, let's go. Give me those cookies. 
you know, and I'd go under the pretense, well, you know, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to buy boxes for coworkers and for family and for friends and whatnot. You know, sometimes a dozen, 16 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. Rarely did they make their way into friends or family or coworkers. To be honest, never for coworkers, maybe for family and friends. But Girl Scout cookies, those are one of those things that I have absolutely no self-control over. I was in church on Sunday. And, of course, my neighborhood now, as I've said, is devoid of Girl Scouts. But after church, I saw in a neighbor's pew about six boxes of Girl Scout cookies. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's Girl Scout cookie season, and I missed the whole thing. How could I miss that? Apparently, someone delivered Girl Scouts to somebody at church. On the way home, I stopped at the grocery store, and I bought a reasonable facsimile thereof of Girl Scout cookies, because, holy smokes, I don't want to be left out. No self-control. Absolutely zero self-control. Drew Dick is with us. Drew's an editor at Moody Publishers, the former managing editor of Leadership Journal's work has been featured in USA Today, CT, CNN.com. He is the author of several excellent books, Generation X Christian and Yawning at Tigers. His newest work is called Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Drew, welcome back. How are you doing today? Hey, it's good to be back, and it's even better to know where to send my daughters when they're trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. Oh, please. I'm I don't, sending them right to your house. I don't know where you live, but they're welcome uh, to my neighborhood. I'm telling you that. I, I do. I miss those little the little patter of feet on the doorstep, and hey, ready for those Girl Scout cookies. Look, I mean, I could have just gone right by the Girl Scout cookies and gone, eh, that was, you know, a, a pastime. But instead, Drew, something triggered in me. It was like, you know, an addict looking for the next fix. I needed those Girl Scout cookies, and so I stopped at the grocery store on the way home and got some cookies. There's no self-control Man, there. That's tough, too, because uh, I feel you, especially those Thin Mints and the, what are they called, the Samoza? Yeah, Samoas. Samoas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Those yeah. are terrible. Those, I, I always tell myself, okay, I'll just have one. Of course, that's a, that's a, a fantasy because then you take out a whole row and then the next right. the box. I'll have one sleeve. So I, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, so t- oh, man. You, you wrote an entire book on self-control from the Bible and brain science. Your future self will thank you. So I'm assuming because you wrote an entire book, you yourself have had trouble with self-control. That's exactly right. <laughs> I wish I could just say my uh, interest in the topic was academic or theoretical, <laughs> uh, but I was <laughs> drawn to it uh, for the very reasons that you're describing, uh, having these things in my life that I just couldn't seem to resist or things that I wanted to do that I couldn't seem to make myself do. And yeah, man, the struggle is real, especially when there are certain areas, I think, in which, um, and, and maybe only you know, you know them about yourself, but there are certain areas in which we're fundamentally weak, yes, right? right. Um, and yeah, man, you just put your finger on one. Uh, food is a weakness for me, especially when it comes to cookies or ice cream. Oh, man. And late at um, night. Yeah. And, yes, exactly. And, and sometimes you're just bored and, you know, whatever the case is. And then that's what you turn to for a little little entertainment and a diversion. Right. So that's always tough. Yeah. And one thing, just really quick, that I've found helpful is um, what researchers call a bright line strategy. And these are just kind of hard and fast rules that you implement in your life. It sounds a little legalistic, but it's very effective uh, to avoid certain temptations. So if your weakness is Girl Scout cookies, don't have them in the house. Yeah. You know, maybe you say, okay, if I'm over at someone else's house, I might have a Girl Scout cookie. You're less likely to take out an entire box at your neighbor's house. But if they're in the cupboard screaming at you night and day, you're going to get in. Right. So one tip. 
Okay. Yeah. All right, so self-control. I, I heard somebody talk about self-control years ago that if I could picture, like, say, um, you know, someone has a painting. There's a, a beautiful painting in a museum. And generally around a beautiful painting is an even more so beautiful frame. And the frame is necessary because it contains the narrative of what's going on within the picture, right? Without the frame, in some ways, everything bleeds off. So if I look at my life as the picture and the frame is self-control, those things go hand in hand, and the beauty contains the Mm. beauty. Yeah, that's right. And we need those boundaries, too, right? Um, Because something can be very beautiful if it's contained. You know, I think... I think Girl Scout cookies are right from God if you have one or two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they're right from someone else that we won't mention if you have a whole box. Right. <laughs> right. So, no, you're right. I think that's true. And, and I think the illusion that a lot of people have is that self-control is somehow repressive or Victorian. It's this kind of thing that wants to inhibit your fun. But the truth is when you can cultivate this virtue in your life um, and allow God to work in your heart to cultivate this, this character trait, then what actually happens is you are enabled to enjoy the good things of life in their proper place, and it actually opens your life up to more freedom and flourishing. Right. Okay, so as you, as you talk about your future self and you talk about self-control, have people called you out in some ways, you know, for being you know, repressive or puritanical? Because in some ways, you know, when, when I think about this. Whenever we celebrate, you know, great athletes or artists, clearly those athletes especially, you know, in the gym or training, whatever, they've spent years and years and years developing self-control to bring out that miracle of God-given talent to its zenith. And so there's a good advertisement for why we should have self-control. Right, exactly. It, it, it's just an unavoidable part of doing anything well um, or, lead, or leading a, a healthy, holy life, right, as Christians. Um, and the pushback I think I've gotten the most so far is from well-meaning Christians that just kind of go, hey, listen, that kind of sounds like legalism. Like, I mean, what are we talking about? Aren't we supposed to just kind of let go and let God, you know, uh, uh, sanctify us, to use a, a theological term? And I understand the objection because there is a part of this that God, you know, He does it in your heart and He gives you the desires to, to do the right thing. But at the same time, we're going to have to expend some effort. That's just part of it. Yeah. Uh, but the good news, I think, is that it gets easier as you go. If you're disciplined today, it's going to be easier to, to do tomorrow. And then, like I said, it's going to make your life better, yeah. ultimately. Okay, so we, we live in this society that is essentially powerless, right? Uh, when you think about a 12-step program, we admitted we were powerless over and then fill in the blank. And, you know, in a runaway society that we live here in America in the 21st century, a lot of us are powerless. I mean, and we do need some self-discipline and some control. So so what is it, especially, you know, you're talking to, to believers here, uh, you know, you're talking about secrets to self-control. But the Bible really doesn't hold any secrets. There it is in black and white before you. What's a biblical imperative in many ways to find that self-control, to use that self-control, to be disciplined in the self-control? Hmm. Yeah, well, I think it's all throughout Scripture, right? Uh, scripture, first of all, talks about the importance of it, and Proverbs talking about someone without self-control is like a city without walls. In other words, you're very vulnerable if you don't have this. And then, of course, in Galatians 5, we see about how it's a fruit of the Spirit. And again, that underscores the importance of being connected to God in order to see this, this virtue flourish in our lives. Um, but just, you know, yeah, I think it also involves countering some of the messages we do hear from the broader culture 
um, you know, we're far more about self-expression. So right. sometimes the self isn't something to be controlled. It's something just to be released. And I'm not against self-expression, of course. Sure. But at the same time, we have to recognize that there are certain impulses in our hearts uh, that are going to sabotage us if we're not careful. And uh, in, in order to avoid that, we need to be reliant upon God and, and intentional about building certain habits into our lives that will actually help us sidestep temptation and live a life that glorifies God, ultimately. There we go. Okay, so here we are. This is uh, We're close to the end of February. Uh, Easter is late this year. The Lenten season will start in a couple of weeks. And, of course, with Lenten, the, the Lenten season, a lot of people choose to deny themselves, right? Uh, I'm going to deny mm. myself all that. That's a good exercise, right? I mean, when you look at the nature of fasting, right? I mean, that's that's mainstream Christianity. Can you talk about that, about the, the Lenten season, somehow people do fasting? I mean, as a spiritual discipline, there's great strength there. There is, and I think it's a great tradition. It's something I didn't really grow up with. I was kind of in the low church tradition that didn't really uh, understand the whole church calendar. But um, as an adult, I've actually found a great deal of, um, of uh, value in that, because, yeah, it's a good time to kind of to, to look at your life carefully and go, hey, are there some things in here that, even if they're not destructive or evil or sinful behaviors, but are things that are distracting me from my spiritual walk and, and being uh, attentive to the things that God would maybe want me to do? Yeah. And it feels wrong. It's countercultural, again, because we, we're in a time when it's just weird to say no to yourself. But I just want to encourage people. I, I gave you permission to say no to yourself. It's okay. It's good. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is good. good for your soul, and it can open up space in your life for God to speak to you. Right. And, and of course... You know, when you look at our kids, I mean, I saw a report today on the local news as I was leaving the house. Uh, they, they were talking about kids and video game addiction. Of course, that's a very real mm. thing. If you've got, you know, tweens or teens in your life, you know what that's like. I mean, turn that thing off, put that phone away, put the laptop away, the Xbox, PlayStation, whatnot. I mean, we are essentially grooming a, a new generation of deep addiction in our society. Uh, I mean, how... You can't preach it to your kid unless you're taming yourself, and that's the problem, right? We're holding our smartphones in our hands, and we're telling our kids to turn off the PlayStation. Yeah, we are conducting uh, a broad-scale uh, social experiment with this generation on how kids are going to do with being inundated with technology and having screens in their face all the time, and it's absolutely terrifying. It is. Uh, we're starting to see the fallout from that, and it's not pretty, the early reports. And so, yeah, but then you're right. This is where it gets personal, right? Because I'll tell the kids, sorry, you can't have any phone calls today. No, no more cartoons, you know, you name it. And then they see me, Dad over in the corner whipping out his smartphone, catching up on work-related email. Right. And um, they'll call me out on it, and it's true. It's, it's hard to tell your kids to say no to things to which you cannot say no, right? That's when right. it gets a little uncomfortable, but it's true. And, and one thing that we've done in our family that's just been really helpful is – have some of those bright line strategies in regards to technology. So we have a no screen Sunday um, and we don't always, always do it. And sometimes I'm the, the chief offender. Uh, but when we do, man, that is refreshing. That's right. awesome. Look each other in the eyes, get away from the, the tentacles of technology yes. and, and have some human time. Okay. Wait, you just said a phrase, you said bright line strategies. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 And so this is a, a phrase that comes from researchers that talk about this. Uh, so hard and fast rules where you just kind of say, you know, no eating after 7 p.m. or um, no sugar or, or no technology in, in these circumstances. And, and it's great because what it does is it actually preserves your willpower. You don't have to sit there and go, oh, should I do this? Oh, no, it's after 7 p.m. I don't do it after 7 p.m. I see. That's good. So it, 
it's a helpful strategy that I've found um, to, to be good in my own life. Bright line strategies. Drew Dick is with us. His brand new work is called Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Uh, so let's go back. I mean, I, I brought up, uh, you know, uh, 12-step uh, work, and, and, and uh, you know, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, th- that whole thing, the powerlessness. But, you know, one of the, the genius thing about 12-step work is that daily – Across the world, millions of people, whether it's alcohol, sex, drugs, you name it, they sit together in church basements and community centers in that group and in that community, and they essentially out themselves for their mm-hmm. sinfulness. I mean, you know, it, it, there is power in that group. So, I mean, would you espouse that? I mean, is, is that even such a thing that like-minded people would get together and look for community to look for self-control? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think we have a ton that we can learn from addicts, you know, because these are people for whom self-control has been uh, wiped out and, and getting it back is a matter of life and death. And we're all addicted to something. It may not be alcohol or drugs or something that can totally unravel your life, but we all have little addictions. And so looking at things like Alcoholics Anonymous, like you're talking about, the first thing, they admit they're powerless against their addiction. It's an odd admission because these days you'd think that we'd want to say, no, I'm infinitely powerful. I can do this. Yeah. But they have to admit, no, I am powerless, and that's an important starting point. And then second, they rely on a higher power, right? They're, they're looking to God because they, they, they realize they can't do it on their own. And then third, like you mentioned, they seek out a community, not of super saints who have never struggled with alcohol, not of people who are you know getting drunk in the bar every night either, they're, they're looking for those people that understand their struggle and are going through it or in the midst of it themselves. And that is key because they're getting that accountability. They're getting the encouragement, the inspiration. And we can all do that. That's, this is where church life is so important. Yeah. One of my soapboxes, man, don't neglect being part of a local church because you're going to find fellow believers there that can keep you accountable and can help you in your spiritual walk whatever your struggle may be. That's good. And, you know, and I think the society has changed so much. I mean, I remember being a kid, you know, in the 70s and, you know, whispers about, the, oh, that guy's an alcoholic. And now it's, you know, it's mainstream. It's, you know, it's everybody. Um, mm. So, you know, as you went through this process, and I'm just always curious about, you know, the, the author. One day you thought about this idea. I'm going to start to think about self-control and, you know, all that. And then months and months later, after you've spent all this time, thinking and writing and producing, there's a body of work here. So on that long journey, Drew, I mean, what, you know, for you yourself personally, you know, what's the thing that you've learned about self-control that you use that you think about? I mean, is there this, is there this mindfulness thing now that you've recreated yourself into some, you know, strength? You've got some wisdom here behind you because of all the work that you've done? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly not a, a self-controller, uh, you know, ninja who's <laughs> just, you know, um, incredible in every area or anything. But I, this was a project that was motivated by a personal weakness, and I wasn't even writing the book at first. In fact, I was just researching the topic for myself, and I'm yeah, yeah. a book project. So yeah, it's been it's been tremendously helpful. Though I just see all my behaviors and tendencies through new eyes. You know, first of all, when it comes to willpower, realizing it's a finite resource that you have this limited. Uh, precious commodity that we call willpower. And if you use it up too quickly, you will deplete it entirely. So to make sure that you're getting that replenishment, that refreshment, the second big aha thing for me is just the power of habits. We like to think that that when we, we we're just making decisions based on the information in our heads all the time, the truth is 
nine times out of ten, we're going to default to our habits, whether they're good or bad. Yeah. So I've been able to just intentionally replace bad habits with good ones, which has made a tremendous difference in my life with my physical health. I mean, I've dropped weight. I've started exercising. Uh, I'm having uh, tremendous success just to being consistent in my prayer and, and devotional life. So it's been encouraging. I still have a long way to go. <laughs> Certainly uh, not. I, I won't arise uh, this side of heaven, but it has definitely been helpful. I'll take it. I appreciate the encouragement, Drew, and for the, all the hard work you did to put it out here on paper for us to follow along that same path. Thanks an awful lot. Really, I always enjoyed the time here with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. A guide for sinners, quitters, procrastinators. Your future self will thank you. Secrets to self-control from the Bible and brain science. Drew Dick. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law, on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiary and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. This is going to be the year. This is the year you are finally going to get more sleep, real sleep, deep sleep, the kind where you wake up feeling fully rested, refreshed, and ready to take on the day. Well, put your head on my pillow. This is John Hall. There's no better time than now to make my pillow your pillow. Stop tossing and turning and get the support you need in your quest for a better night's sleep. Right now, Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, is offering word listeners his amazing four-pack special. Order today. You'll receive two premium MyPillows along with two go-anywhere pillows. Plus, shipping is absolutely free. Just enter the promo code WORD at MyPillow.com. Try it. And if you don't absolutely love it, return it within 60 days for a full refund. If you've resolved to get a better night's sleep, now's the perfect time to do it. Use promo code WORD at MyPillow.com and make MyPillow yours today. That's MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. Compassion International presents Casting Crown. Brown's Only Jesus Tour with very special guest Zach Williams and Austin French casting crowns performing songs from their brand new album Only Jesus along with many of your favorite casting crowns hits casting crowns Only Jesus Tour with very special guests Zach Williams and Austin French live at PPG Paints Arena 7 p.m. Saturday March 9th less than 2,000 seats remain at ppgpaintsarena.com a couple weeks back at the March for Life in Washington, D.C., the massive national brouhaha about uh, Covington, Kentucky high school students and uh, someone from um, uh, the black Muslim group and an American uh, Native, uh, Native American, all that whole thing. I mean, holy smokes. Well, it turns out that uh, the Covington high school student, uh, he himself hired a team of lawyers 
And now they are they have gone out and they are starting to sue people. Uh, attorneys representing the uh, Kentucky high school student involved in that confrontation sued yesterday the Washington Post for $250 million in compensatory and punitive damages. Lawsuit was filed in court uh, in Kentucky, accused the Washington Post of practicing a modern-day form of McCarthyism by targeting Nicholas Sandman and using its vast financial resources to enter the bully pulpit for publishing a series of false and deflammatory print and online articles. Holy smokes. You know what? Um, I feel good about this because that kid and those those other kids, they were raked over the coals. We got a tiny portion of the story and that photograph, right, supposedly of Nicholas Sandman smirking was a tiny piece of the story. And when you see the entire video footage, of which there was more than an hour and a half, you see what was going on fully. And the kids from Covington, uh, yeah. Were they acting like jerky high school kids? Yeah, no doubt. Was it criminal or... Untoward? No, not in any way. And were they raked over the coals? No doubt. So I'm not against, I'm not for lawsuits, but for these guys, bring it on. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The stormy winter weather covers more than half the country. More from correspondent Ed Donahue. Snow forced Minneapolis and St. Paul schools and other schools in Minnesota and Wisconsin to cancel classes. The most flight cancellations because of the snow are at airports in Washington, D.C. Sean McCarty from Kansas City looked out at the snow at Reagan National Airport and wondered why. We certainly wouldn't shut down because in Kansas City. It would still be business as usual, but... Um, Yeah, it's interesting to see how different cities handle things. Canadian tourist Riley Maxwell feels the D.C. snow is just the right amount. All the pictures kind of show in the summertime, so I think it's really nice just to see all the white powdery snow everywhere. The snowfall here resulted in a day off for government workers. Ed Donahue, Washington. After an up and down session, stocks finished higher today. The Dow gained 63 points, the Nasdaq up two. For more details, srnnews.com. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, donated. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. You own a local business and your national competition is eating your lunch, but you can beat them with our digital marketing experts. We're Salem Surround. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. 
The Pittsburgh Catholic, the widest circulated weekly newspaper in western Pennsylvania, has been keeping its faithful readers informed and inspired since March 16, 1844. To celebrate 175 years in our community, a special publication is planned for March 15th. Join this community celebration and become a part of history with your congratulatory ad. Reserve your space today at 412-471-1253. That's 412-471-1253. I've been searching for ways to grow deeper in my faith and strengthen my daily walk, and I found it at Crosswalk.com. From Bible study tools to Christian living articles, devotionals, movie reviews, to marriage and finance articles, you get the idea. Crosswalk.com also has a great online community of Christians just like me. With everything just a click away, it's like having a trusted friend, teacher, and mentor right here at my desk every day. Crosswalk.com, the intersection of faith and life. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club, you save as much as half. That's right, 50% on gift certificates and items from local restaurants, health services, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping, and I'll see you at the club. Thank you. Cloudy and damp tonight with occasional rain and drizzle. Temperatures holding fairly steady this evening and slowly rising later tonight to within a couple degrees of 40. Tomorrow, rather cloudy and breezy with a high of 43. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 27. Then for Friday, sunshine and some patchy clouds with a high of 42. I'm Aki Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for coming along this snowy Wednesday. We'll say the temperatures have risen uh, high enough that the, the snow is melting away. So hope that uh, your shoveling was minimal today and your misery commuting, either into work or now out of work, is uh, also at a, a minimal level of, uh, of suffering, right? Maybe this is – every time it snows, I think, is this the last snow? Maybe this is the last snow, but no, probably not. It's still only mid-February, so we've got plenty of snow to go. Hey, Kath is not here today. Um, I'd like to just say this. Kath is uh, dealing with some family issues, and uh, if you know and love Kath and you're part of our broadcast family, I'd ask that you lift uh, Kathy and the Emmons family up in prayer uh, because uh, certainly the Emmons family – is under some duress, and that's all I'd like to say about it at this time, but uh, she could use some prayer, Kathy Emmons and her family. Hey, um, the Southern Poverty Law Center, Southern Poverty Law Center, um, they've been around for, I don't know, uh, 30 or 40 years, and the name used to describe what the Southern Poverty Law Center was about. Essentially, for decades, they helped people who were poor with legal concerns. That's changed. In the past 10 years or so, the Southern Law, Southern Poverty Law Center has really become sort of a lightning rod and in many ways a, um, a purveyor of what is right and good and true in this country, according to Southern Poverty Law Center. So annually, they release a report of uh, hate groups 
and the Southern Poverty Law Center, they are the sole determiner of what constitutes a hate group and how and why we should avoid said hate groups. Now, the problem is, if if you are a a Christian, and especially if you're a conservative Christian, my guess is organizations that you know of and perhaps support are clearly within the crosshairs of the Southern Poverty Law Center and their hate group tally. Um, this year, the uh, the totals of, of hate groups nationwide has risen to 7%, 7% up from last year. There's more than 1,000 groups that is listed at splcenter.org. To uh, see the full list, you have to go online to splcenter.org. Now, if you're looking at um, New York Times or Wall Street Journal or USA Today, they'll do a condensed version. But as I'm preparing for today's show, I'm looking in alphabetical order of the groups that are on this list. At the top of the list, uh, let me see, one, yeah, it's alphabetical order. So second down is a group that we've talked about. We've had multiple guests over the years. Actually, we've done fundraising for Alliance Defending Freedom. Alliance Defending Freedom. This is an excellent group, Alliance Defending Freedom. In no way are they a, a hate group. But according to SPLC, Southern Poverty Law Center, they're they're up at, up there. Um, mostly uh, the... Um, Southern Poverty or the um, Alliance Defending Freedom uh, because they dare speak up for Christian rights and also Southern Poverty Law Center talks about homosexuality and homosexual rights in this country. Say what you will. That's Alliance Defending Freedom. I believe that they're an excellent organization. They're on the front lines for Christians and Christian rights. Also, uh, as part of this group, is uh, we had a guest with us just a, a year or so ago, even less than a year, from the American College of Pediatricians. This is a group, the American College of Pediatricians, who believes that it's wrong to allow children to have surgery so that they can transition, they can become transgendered. And uh, this is true, you know this is true, that a lot of kids are being uh, given the green light by their parents well before they reach the age of puberty, to undergo some form of surgery to eradicate the body parts or add body parts to allow them to go from male to female, female to male. So the American College of Pediatricians under uh, attack as well as a hate group. The American Family Association. We've had the American Family Association with us on air. Uh, Here's what uh, SPLC says about this. American Family Association, initially founded as the National Federation for Decency, the American Family Association originally focused on what it considered indecent television programming and pornography. The AFSA says it promotes traditional moral values in media. Okay, I'm for that, right? The American Family Association, they are a hate group. Um, Now, look. There is plenty of of groups on the Southern Poverty Law Center. Yeah, the Aryan Brotherhood of Texas. Yeah, okay, the Aryan Nations. Yeah, uh, but to mix in all sorts of groups that have Christian values, true Christian values. These are not sort of outliers. These are not fringe groups. Alliance Defending Freedom. I would not, in any way, shape, or form, say that they are a Christian fringe group. These are excellent people doing excellent legal work for the likes of you and I. But uh, Southern Poverty Law Center has got a problem with it. 
looking at Family Research Council. Holy smokes. I mean, Family Research Council, we've talked to these people multiple times. Excellent group. Family Watch International. Uh, they're beating up on who? Uh, the Klan. Yeah. With good reason. You should. That is a hate group. There's no doubt about that. I, I would encourage you uh, in your time, maybe this evening, if you're so interested, to look at who considers you as a Christian believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Who? The Southern Poverty Law Center? Uh, you know, they probably would look at our parent company and say, oh, yeah, these guys, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Christian haters. That's the age that we live in, so we're, we're under attack. And I, I do appreciate people like Alliance Defending Freedom for getting the word, about, uh, the word out and defending our rights as believers in Jesus Christ in the 21st century here in America. Take a break. Come back. Uh, hey, oh, a Jubilee. The Jubilee Festival is uh, underway this weekend. If you are um, not uh, aware of what Jubilee is about, right here in the city of Pittsburgh, the Coalition for Christian Outreach, it's a wonderful organization. They've been part of the fabric here in the city of Pittsburgh since the uh, the late 1960s. Perhaps I'm sorry, I may have misspoken. Maybe the, uh, the, the mid-1960s. And uh, if your child attends a college, more often than not, especially here regionally within uh, the confines of Western Pennsylvania, the CCO has a place on college campuses. And they are there to equip, to engage, to allow your child, as your child goes into the college life and all those pitfalls, to engage with a group of fellow believers on campuses. University of Pittsburgh, Carnegie Mellon, Robert Morris, Point Park, you name it, Slippery Rock, all the colleges in and around Western Pennsylvania, the CCO has a presence. And yearly, they produce an event called Jubilee. And with that event, they invite artists, speakers, activists, people, men and women of strong Christian faith to stand up in front of a young group of college students who are thirsty for the gospel. And they soak it in. So it starts this Friday, runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Highly recommended. Throughout the week, we've been talking to different uh, speakers and artists who are appearing at the Jubilee. And our next guest, uh, Andy Christian Agaba, will be with us in a few minutes. He's got a fascinating story to tell, so please stick around for that. We'll be right back uh, in just a few minutes. It's the ride home on this uh, snowy, cold winter afternoon. We'll be back in just a, a brief break. W-O-R-D. Now, a fantastic way to make the day count for only Jesus. Enter the Casting Crown's Only Jesus Getaway Giveaway. We're giving away two grand prizes, a getaway trip for two to the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and a getaway for two to see Casting Crown's live in concert. Plus, Casting Crown CD catalogs and more. Jesus is the only name to remember. Register to win at wordfm.com slash contest. Employers, are you tired of paying outrageous premiums for health insurance? How about a plan that allows you to go to any hospital in the country? A plan that pays you back every year. This is Kathy Emmons for Marley Financial. 
Whether you want a top-of-the-line plan or just enough to keep you legal, Marley Financial has a custom-made plan for you. As a business owner, you owe it to yourself to stay ahead of the ever-changing marketplace. Marley's been on the cutting edge of new and improved health plans for both individuals and businesses. And only Marley Financial offers health plans that actually pay you back. Call 724-884-1496 for unbiased, top-notch plans from any carrier in Pennsylvania. Plans that'll save you money and give you an edge over the competition. They even offer custom business solutions to reduce your liability and overhead as you grow. They're truly one of the most innovative agencies in the nation. Call Marley now, 724-884-1496, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6 through grade open house tomorrow morning at 930. Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At jubileecs.org. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to winter grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bed liners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme Team now at 412-257-1006 or visit ExtremeTruck.net. 412-257-1006, ExtremeTruck.net. Do you know where your mattress came from? If your mattress is from the original mattress factory, you can rest easy knowing that your mattress was hand-built right here in Pittsburgh. And every original Mattress Factory mattress features American-made materials, from our support of inner springs to cotton padding to our shock-absorbing box springs. You can even stop by our factory to take a tour and see our team make your mattress. Can the other guys say that? That is the original Mattress Factory difference. Visit us at OriginalMattress.com. Switchfoot, the Native Tongue Tour, coming to you live February 27th, 8 p.m., Carnegie Music Hall of Homestead, with special guests Colony House and Tyson Motzenbacher. Switchfoot, playing songs from their amazing new album, Native Tongue, available now. Reserve seat tickets are on sale now at LibraryMusicHall.com or by calling 1-877-4-FLY-TICKS. Switchfoot, produced by Dresky Entertainment. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry High Way in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. So I've been talking about uh, the Coalition for Christian Outreach and their Jubilee this weekend. One of the speakers is Andy Agaba. Andy is the founder of Henga, spending time between Africa and Charlotte, North Carolina. He's got a, a really interesting story to tell. And Andy, welcome to the show. We're happy that you're with us today. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Oh, Andy, tell us your story. Uh, you, you are not uh, someone uh, born in the United States. You came here from a, a distant land, and, and you've taken this opportunity and really have been a game changer. Tell us tell us your story of what it was like to grow up in Africa. Oh, man, where do I start? How much time do we yes. have? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a broad question, yes. 
So, yeah, so uh, I was born and raised in Uganda. I was, uh, uh, you know, born after the political turmoil that was happening, or during that political turmoil, if you will. And uh, my last name actually means God gives and God takes away. That's what Gaba means. And my mm-hmm. mother gave me that name because two weeks after, before I was born, my, my father was killed. And, you know, you can imagine if your mother and trying to make sense of the situation like that, uh, it's it's pretty difficult. But yes. she reasoned, God has taken a father, but he's given a son instead. Wow. And so, you know, we grew up in extreme poverty, And but uh, uh, poverty doesn't mean, you know, that you just look at yourself. And she, she was a hard worker, and uh, her dream was for us to have an education and, and be prepared and uh, to, you know, to face life circumstances and challenges. Yes. And now grow up in poverty as she did. And so I would say that 90% of our earnings went to educating us. And, and what did that look like? What was an education like in Uganda for a, for a, a small child? So uh, the, the situation in Uganda, uh, most of education, especially early childhood, you're talking about primary school, secondary school, which is, you know, say K through 12. Yes. Uh, there is paid education. Now, does not mean private school, but it's paid education. So if you want your kid to succeed and do something in life, uh, you basically, it's affordable. Let me just say that. I see. And, but if you're a poor family, you know, nothing is affordable to you, right? Sure. Uh, so, so we heard, we had good schools that went to, uh, uh, a lot of missionary schools that were maybe built a hundred years ago or more. And uh, they have built a strong foundation of, of uh, uh, creating great educational outcomes. And my mother wanted me to get to, get to those schools. And it meant uh, paying a little bit, uh, if not even much higher than what she could afford. But that's really what she wanted for us. And, uh, and, and you know, without that, I wouldn't be here. Yes, right. Just, I mean, you're a graduate of Harvard University. Believe me, that's a huge leap from uh, growing up in poverty in Uganda and finding yourself inside the Ivy League schools. So your mother, clearly, she did an awful lot of things right to propel you forward, didn't she? I mean, she did. And you know what? Even then, uh, you, you think about the poverty. Sometimes the uh, I, I stop and think, I'm like, man, look, by no means was my father a poor man. My father, uh, he was killed because he had a brand new vehicle that people wanted to take away from him. I see. You know, and this is in Africa. You're talking about, you know, uh, late 70s. You know, he was killed in 1979. Uh, but I think this growing up in the situation in which we grew up in, you know, so, uh, uh not only prepared me, but also gave me, uh, I don't know even how to call it. I think the sum total, basically, when you look at our, you know, our circumstances, our situation that we've gone through, uh, for me, God has been telling me, look, I've used every step of the journey there to prepare you, uh, to including me being stupid enough to think that I could get into Harvard, I mean, you know? Yes. Uh, I got it. So yeah, <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> that must have been a great day. Whenever that uh, acceptance letter, I don't know how you found out you were going to go to Harvard, but that moment you had that realization. Holy smokes! What a celebration in your life. That was, uh, you know, I would say it was a day to remember. I say remember <laughs> it like it was yesterday. I was on the plane leaving New Jersey to 
to uh, 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 to San Francisco. Yes. And for the typically when I get onto the plane within. 30 minutes, I'm already asleep. It doesn't matter how long the flight is. <laughs> but that was the longest six-hour flight of my life. <laughs> Celebrating alone in, in aisle 17. <laughs> Celebrating, but you know what? The other thing was also like, oh, my gosh, I got in, but now what? Mm-hmm, you know how yes. to pay for this expensive education? But yes. God also made a way that I would uh, get a full ride scholarship. There, nice. So. He opened the door. He wasn't going to leave you alone. A- Andy Agaba's with us. He's in town uh, this weekend as far as the, with the Christian Coalition Outreach for Jubilee. So, Andy, I- I'm always curious, what was it like? I mean, you, you really can't compare and contrast because you know one thing, but you're, you're a believer in Jesus Christ and growing up in Uganda. W- when you look at worship in Christ in Uganda and see what it is in America, it's totally different, isn't it? And I'm sure the the views of how you look at Jesus and all that is different as well. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. It was a big struggle for my wife and I when we made the move from Africa to get here to see people worshiping and, uh, you know, like, man, uh, it's, it's a little bit stiff here, man. People are not jumping <laughs> around, you know? <laughs> yeah, it is stiff. <laughs> it's very, very energetic in Africa. I mean, I think that's because, obviously, of the culture. The cultures there are mostly about celebration, community, music, dance, and, oh, man, America is totally different. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so it's taken us a lot of adjustment to, you know, to uh, to marry both worlds, you know, yes. having lived here for, uh, you know, a long time now, but also with our heritage uh, from Africa to just, you know, find your way. Love both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think uh, I would say that faith there, obviously, I mean, you, you can imagine like us, my mother and, and, and my siblings, you know, God was our sole provider. He was our sole, you know, uh, everything. He was our security. And so there is that faith that, that I think that poverty deepens in somebody uh, that it is actually true when you hear that blessed are the poor, you yes. know, yeah. because they're rich in spirit. I mean, that's that's real. That's true. Yes, yes. Andy Agaba is with us. Andy is the founder of, uh, I'm going to pr- mispronounce this, uh, Hinga. Andy, is, uh, please please say the word for me. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, that's Hinga, uh, uh, H-I-I-N-G-A. And uh uh, there is a you know redundant eye there, but uh, yeah, it's Hinga. Hinga. Okay, so yeah. tell us about that, right? You, you've got a staff now. You're you're doing a lot of good work. What's the essence of the work that you're doing? So I think uh, again that be- comes from my own story. Growing up in poverty, and my mother uh, using entrepreneurship and small business to uh, to put food on the table and provide for education opportunities that have led me to this moment. That inspired me, and uh, and that began building really passion in me for marketplace, for entrepreneurship, for business. Because I realized that, you know, uh, uh, believe it or not, or whether you accept it or not, capitalism, I think, is the, <laughs> it is the uh, single most uh, idea that has brought many, many more people out of poverty. And so, yeah. uh, and that's true for us. And so I was like, man, how did we make it? You know, my mother was able to do it because at least somehow she had access to capital. Yes. And, and I know that we left so many people home. I left so many children in our village. 
that never had the same opportunity as we did because they did have a small business. So they I see. Have that. And, so, and so as I grew up, I was like, God, I really desire to do this. I really desire to, to found a ministry that will provide capital to, you know, to so many people that they could have access, that they could create jobs for themselves, create jobs for others, and, and really uh, change their lives, you know, at least materially in that sense. Right. Okay, so there's a lot of people, right, who are hungry and uh, encouraged and engaged. They, they've got the initiative, but that capital is everything. So, so talk about that. How much capital are you able to – what's that look like? You know, um, you're giving or you're helping X do what? So essentially what we do is that we uh, identify entrepreneurs in, uh, in these communities, entrepreneurs that have the ability to create, you know, five jobs, 10, 20, 30. We have a woman who employs about 85. We have an entrepreneur, a man who employs about 150 people. And we're like, how can we help these individuals uh, grow their businesses so they can create employment for for, for these young people. Let me tell you a statistic that will blow your mind. Yes. The median, the median age of a Ugandan, of a Ugandan today is 18. Wow. 18 years old. Okay. So uh, more than uh, 50 percent uh, are below 15 years old. Actually, I think it's like 15.8. Uh, really? You know? And so, and so you look at all those young people. And by the way, the median age, I think, in the U.S. is probably 38 or something. All right. Uh, and so these young people, unless there is uh, entrepreneurs and business people that can create employment, then we'll not only be talking about immigration, but we'll be talking about conflict and war. Yes. And so I think that uh, capital does help entrepreneurs, but if capital is not enough. It's also... How do you train these entrepreneurs so that they can develop their businesses better, so that they can uh, have values that are not just about, you know, accumulating wealth? Right. You know, how do you help them to learn about the integrated life, that you know that the marketplace is just an opportunity, it's a mission place for you, but your business is not your business, it's God's business. And, uh, and, and so we see as we combine the capital, as we combine... Uh, the training and mentoring as we combine that with discipleship and training these people to become more holistically minded, uh, I think that's what truly changes uh, communities. Fabulous. And, and, and I'm sure that conversation is different because I, I know there has to be many wonderful, well-meaning nonprofits who have entrepreneurship at, at their center, but there's a difference from someone who is speaking the gospel of Jesus Christ as opposed to someone, you know, from the Bill Gates Foundation, which, you know, continues to, to do excellent work. But, but when you speak of Jesus in Uganda, there's a shorthand there already. People, people get this, don't they? Uh, you would think so, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we are beginning to see that. Uh, I, I'll be honest, when you talk about capitalism, especially in the church. Yeah. There's a huge disconnect, you know, uh, and uh, uh, but, uh, but we're beginning to make some headway. We're beginning to see people are uh, begin to understand that America, for example, over 95 percent of employment is created by small businesses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. OK, small businesses. Yes. 
Now, without that, you have no middle class, you have no, you know, wealthy business owners, and without that, then you really don't have a functional, uh, you know, society. And like that's a huge need for Africa, which operates at less than thirty percent, where small businesses are creating employment. I see. You know. Yeah. And uh, but it's a, it's a lot of education and re-education uh, because when people think of Africa, they're only thinking about. A water well, or an right, orphan, right, right. or also building a building, or a church building. I know that stuff is important. Sure, uh, but, but you want to you want to compete globally, right? But for us, we're, it's not even a question of competing globally. It's a question of like dignity and uh, yes. providing for your family, and you know, being able to be charitable as well to your own community, uh, and and fully that you know, when God places people. Adam and Eve in the garden, he just gives them a place, he gives them a real estate. He's like, hey, here it is, work. You know? Yes. Work, work, work. Do, dominate, you know, dominate the earth and, uh, you know, subjugate everything. And that's, that's the outlook, that's the mindset that we need, uh, not only for Africans, but people who are really passionate about investing in Africa, about, you know, being charitable in Africa, that people need work. Fabulous. People need work. Andy Agaba is with us. Andy, you're going to be at the Jubilee this week. Uh, do you know your speaking times when you're going to be uh, on the podium? Uh, man, uh, stop embarrassing me. But oh, that's okay. <laughs> now, you know, uh, I've asked I some people. I the, in the afternoon on Saturday. Okay, good. Uh, so, that should be around 2 o'clock, I believe. Fabulous. You know, we've posted schedules uh, for the daily um, uh, Jubilee conference, and I'll make sure that uh, I put your uh, your scheduled time on our Facebook page so people who are so interested can, can follow through. But sometime on Saturday, Andy Agaba is going to be uh, speaking with uh, about Hinga. Andy, thanks enough a lot, man. I mean, your story is just so fabulous, and you know, great love to your mom and to your family, and for the hard work that they've done to produce the kind of man you are. Uh, just to really admire you and uh, the work that Hinga is doing worldwide. Oh, thank you for the kind words, and thank you for this opportunity to be able to uh, uh, share my heart and my story with uh, you know with your listeners. I'm uh, uh, pretty thrilled. Thank you. Thank you. My great pleasure, Andy Agaba from Hinga. Fully transparent and here to help. Qualities like these make the original Mattress Factory unique. Come see where and how we make our mattresses and compare our products to the mainstream brands. We want to help you make an informed decision, free from hassle and confusion. So when you're ready to purchase your next mattress, come to the original Mattress Factory first. Whether you buy from us or not, you'll walk away better prepared to make a smart mattress choice. Stop by one of our stores or visit OriginalMattress.com. Showcase your business, meet local customers, and make new connections at the 2019 Pittsburgh North Regional Home Show and Business Expo. One day only, Saturday, February 23rd from 10 to 5 at the Block Northway, formerly Northway Mall, upper level near Wahlburgers. Free and open to the public, this annual event brings hundreds of local customers and over 40 area businesses together. A Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber of Commerce event. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen even offline or in airplane mode with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. 
That's one place. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. I remember when my first child was born, when our first son was born. And, you know, of course, you're in the delivery room with your wife and uh, there's all this activity and uh, excitement. The doctor, the attending physician, after the baby was born and my wife was okay and the baby was okay, he came over and he handed me my child, my first boy, my first child. And he said, John, the future has arrived. And he put the baby in my arms. And I'll never forget that. I mean, I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. I I looked in my baby's eyes and I thought, who are you? What is the potential in you? What will your future look like? And of course, as a father, you're doing everything to look at that potential, to equip, to engage your child. That's why I'm so happy that my oldest son has chosen Grove City College to unlock that potential. I see it in his life. When he goes away to Grove City for that start of the new semester, and then maybe I'll come back and see him during the Christmas break or at the end of the year, through his freshman, sophomore, and junior year, I see that potential because of the Christ-centeredness of the faculty and staff that equip and engage my son, the work that goes on in the classroom and outside the classroom as well. It's all about Jesus and the intellectual heft, the quality, the nature of the relationships that Grove City presents. If your child is so interested, you see the future in your child, look online, gcc.edu. Cloudy and damp tonight with occasional rain and drizzle, temperatures holding fairly steady this evening. And slowly rising later tonight within a couple degrees of 40. Tomorrow, rather cloudy and breezy with a high of 43. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 27. Then for Friday, sunshine and some patchy clouds with a high of 42. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. It's, um... It's been on my Netflix list for, I don't know, the past month or so. Marie Kondo. Um, I'm interested, you know, and Kath is like all pro Marie Kondo, Marie Kondo. She, she bought the book, you know, when it first came out. She actually gave me the book, which is a beautiful little volume. And I'm, I'm pro getting rid of the clutter. But there's something about, there's just something about it that I, I just, when I'm sitting down to look at something, okay, I'm going to, you know, I've got, you know, half an hour. I'm going to watch something. And there's Marie Kondo in my, my Netflix queue. Hello, I'm Marie Kondo. Yes, Marie, sorry. I skip right by her. I am so sorry, my my dear Marie Kondo. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's fear or I just, you know, or guilt. My house is is on a sliding scale. Uh, you know, this is you know my sliding scale. It's on the sliding scale of not so bad. But when I go down into my basement, I go, oh, my goodness gracious. That's bad down there. There's a lot of stuff down there. Uh, I need to get rid of stuff. Now, what's interesting about the Marie Kondo sort of, um, what what would you call it? 
phenomenon. Uh, yeah, it's fair to say that it is a phenomenon. Phenomenon that um, many people, Christian or people of other faiths, want to in some way spiritualize Marie Kondo and the idea of you know minimalism. That there is somehow something holy about minimalism. Now I, I get that you know you you know that less is more. That you know clutter uh, tends to I- infect our souls with um, materialism. Sure, but I, I've seen you know Christian writers and whatnot sort of grab on to this minimalism, recondo, rid yourself of things, and try to make it something. I believe. Sp- Spiritually, that it's not. And maybe that's just where we are in 21st century Christendom, that everything that comes down the pike, you know, from the secular turnpike of the minutia of the of the of what it is to, you know, to be alive in 21st century, that somehow that we all have to put, you know, a Christian stamp on it. That, oh, good. We nod our head. There's a little Christian thread there. And so that we can investigate that. And it makes us feel better. I don't know. Anyway, I just think about Marie Kondo and that and the necessity of ridding ourselves, of cleansing ourselves, right? We talked with a guest earlier today about, oh, Lent. Before you know it, Lent is upon us. And Lent, I think, in some circles, you know, in uh, evangelical Protestant circles, has taken maybe on a little more significance or a, a little more awareness of the Lenten season within the church calendar than perhaps it had not 20 or 30 years ago. I think it's a good thing, right, that there is an awareness of the church calendar, and we travel on this journey together. But um, to turn the Lenten season and Marie Kondo and minimalism and decluttering into something that it's not, eh, maybe not so. Anyway, just what I've been thinking about. So I'm going to go right by Marie Kondo on my Netflix queue and try not to feel too bad about it. Hello, I'm Marie Kondo. WORD. Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we going, Daddy? On an adventure. Yay! Adventures in Odyssey. It's not just a kid's show. It's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey. Tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Question. Do you have a health insurance plan you are not happy with? Well, Bethany and Jason thought they were stuck. Their plan just kept getting more expensive, and Bethany's favorite doctor didn't even take that plan anymore. And then some friends at church told them about MediShare. With our previous insurance, we were paying $1,200 a month. With MediShare, we now pay around $600 a month. Yes, they're paying $600 less per month, and that's a pretty typical savings with MediShare. And they actually like MediShare more. I was able to go back to my original doctor that I absolutely loved, and it's just been an absolutely beautiful thing being a part of MediShare. Yeah, so they pay a lot less, and they like it more. No wonder MediShare is growing so fast. Find out more. They're super easy to talk to. All you have to do is call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E, 844-41-BIBLE. Looking for a challenging, hands-on education taught from a biblical worldview? Look closer at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon at our K-6th grade open house tomorrow morning at 930. 
Jubilee nurtures young minds through an award-winning integrated curriculum, monthly educational field trips, and special programs like art, Kathy's music, drama, snapology, and more. An affordable education with generous financial aid. Jubilee Christian School. Imagine. Believe. Achieve. At JubileeCS.org. Compassion International presents Casting Crowns Only Jesus Tour. With very special guest, Zach Williams and Austin French. Casting Crowns. Performing songs from their brand new album, Only Jesus, along with many of your favorite Casting Crowns hits. Casting Crowns Only Jesus Tour. With very special guests, Zach Williams and Austin French. Live at PPG Paints Arena, 7 p.m. Saturday, March 9th. Less than 2,000 seats remain at PPGPaintsArena.com. The Pittsburgh Catholic, the widest circulated weekly newspaper in western Pennsylvania, has been keeping its faithful readers informed and inspired since March 16, 1844. To celebrate 175 years in our community, a special publication is planned for March 15th. Join this community celebration and become a part of history with your congratulatory ad. Reserve your space today at 412-471-1253. That's 412-471-1253. How many sales are you missing because you're not effectively using social media marketing? The vast majority of the population is on social media, shopping. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. There are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. I'd just love to look back at the old sort of you know, drawings of what the city of Pittsburgh was. I, I often imagine it, you know, 1600s with the hills and very few buildings and 1700s as settlers started to come in. And then, of course, uh, later on as the Industrial Revolution took place. But, I mean, the early people from who joined the city of Pittsburgh, who made the city of Pittsburgh what it was, what a a stalwart group of people that they were, how hard their lives were. And especially the the early believers, those people who put Christianity first in their lives as they tried to make a living and raise a family, what was it like? Well, Gary Smith is back with us again from Grove City College. He's uh, got a brand new book out called A History of Christianity in Pittsburgh. Gary's going to be down at uh, the Jubilee uh, with a Coalition for Christian Outreach at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center this weekend. Hey, Gary, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well, John. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Real pleasure. Always good to have you with us. So, Gary, what about that? I mean, when you think back and the work that you've done to uncover the history of Christianity in Pittsburgh, how far back did you go? I mean, what was the first marker of Christians in the city? Well, the first marker was actually a Catholic mass that was held at Fort Duquesne in 1754. Wow. Um, on the Protestant side, <clears throat> things really get going with the founding of First Presbyterian Church in 1787. And First Presbyterian Church is really the first institution in Pittsburgh. Uh, before you had a school, before you had a bank, before you had a business, you had First Presbyterian Church, which of course is uh, located downtown uh, and still still functioning. Still there. So. Yeah. Uh, Those would be the earliest um, roots. The the first African-American church was in 1808. The first Catholic church was established that same year. And uh, Presbyterians played a huge role in Pittsburgh in 
the first uh, 125 years of its history, and they uh, had 46 out of the first 76 congregations, like by 1850, were Presbyterians. Wow. Over time, we had a huge uh, Catholic influx, uh, primarily from Eastern Europe, and probably by about 1900, you have more Catholics than Protestants in Pittsburgh, which would be still the case today. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, I know, I know from listenership that, you know, it's a big mix, but uh, still the Catholics outnumber Protestants, Presbyterians in the in the area. There's no doubt about that. Hey, so... so uh, in your research, you had this really cool thing where you looked at uh, different churches. I think it was at nine different churches that are the influential. You tagged them as most influential in the city, and you went to all these different churches to their services. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, I thought it would be good to do a participant observation experience, and I took with me a research assistant from Grove City College uh, who were students, and we interviewed the pastors first and got some kind of flavor for what they were doing, read about on their website, got as much information as we could about the churches, and then went there in person and experienced the service, uh, got a tour of the church, talked to some key people who were there, and then uh, participated in a worship service. And I I wrote that up in the book, uh, talking about the flavor of the service as well as giving an analysis of the sermon. So you have nine different sermons done over about a course of a year by nine different pastors and some very different kinds of traditions. I think it was obviously hit or miss what uh, sermon I heard, but in every case the sermons were stimulating, and I think readers would find them interesting. They dealt with a wide variety of topics. They were longer in some churches than others, uh, but they were all very engaging and and very thoughtfully done and and by excellent preachers. Fabulous. What what a great gift for yourself, right, to to be able to dive deep into something like that. It certainly was. Yeah. So um, these early churches, like First Pres, I mean, when you look at First Presbyterian Church downtown, um, it's still, it's an impressive structure. That, That wasn't the original building, was it? Oh, no, no. This is, I think, the fourth building. I see. Um, yeah, and it, over time, as the congregation became wealthier and um, better buildings could be built, they, they built new buildings. The same thing could be said for St. Paul's Cathedral, the mother church of the Christian of the Catholic Diocese in Oakland. Uh, its current building, and I think First Presbyterian's current building, uh, date from around the same time at the beginning of the 20th century. I see. So, you know, you, uh, this is what I'm really curious about. You know, the research, I think, to me is everything, right? And h- how long was it that, you know, you spent, the, the idea came in your mind at one point, and then all the research, I don't know how long that was, might have been months and or years until you started to put things down on paper. What was that sweep like for you? That's a heck of a lot of work. It was a lot of work, but it was a labor of love. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, it was a kind of a different book for me. My other books have been more academic and archivally based, and, and this book was more hands-on and doing a lot of interviews, talking to key players uh, in, in the sports world as well as key players, quote-unquote, in the word of ministry and the parachurch organizations, and you know, doing, a lot, doing a lot of reading, a lot of reflecting. Um, so I, it took me a couple of years to, to do the book, but yeah. I, I was also teaching full-time I at see. Grove City College. So that slows the pace. Sure it does. Yeah. Okay, so then there's all this work that you were doing with mainline um, Christian organizations, uh, but then you sort of took a detour, and of course this, you know, Pittsburgh being Pittsburgh, you had to look at the Steelers and the Pirates and the Penguins. Tell us about that, a a deep dive of Christian faith into Pittsburgh sports teams. Well, 
certainly Pittsburgh sports teams are better known for their success on the field and off the field or for the kind of convictions that Christians uh, bring to the table. But there is a rich history of Christians in all three of those sports. Really? Of course, the Penguins have only been around since 1967 in Pittsburgh. Uh, and I focused primarily on the Pirates from 1960 to the present and the Steelers from the uh, Super Bowl years in the 70s to the to the present. But I, I suppose um, the, the Steelers were probably the most impressive because you had a whole uh, cadre of Steeler players who won the four Super Bowls in the 70s who were committed Christians, beginning with Chuck Knoll, their coach. And one thing that I found to be very fascinating was that Chuck Knoll was very concerned about his players' lives after they left the sport. Hmm. And he talked about them finding their life's work after they finished football. Very famous phrase. Right. A couple books have been written along that line. And um, those players went on after they left the game to do some incredible things. So it's it's very impressive uh, the kinds of things that they engaged in. I mean, they were in the business world. They started businesses. Uh, We had people who, Dwayne Woodward became a a judge and worked with children. We had people who were... um, Lynn Swan ran for governor of Pennsylvania. Uh, we have people that served on uh, boards of Christian ministries. We have uh, Ernie Holmes became a minister. Hmm. Dudley, you know, died too early in a traffic accident. Uh, we had people that went on, like Tunchilkin, to work in, in ministry yeah. and broadcasting. Which I love. Yeah. I mean, you listen to Tunch on the air and he's doing sports. He is not shy at all about proclaiming Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Oh, he is not. Which is no, great. That's great. It's fabulous. Hey, what, what about, you know, uh, Roberto Clemente? I mean, R- Roberto Clemente, of course, uh, died a martyr's death uh, trying to help people in Nicaragua. What, what did you know about Clemente's faith? Well, Clemente's faith was deep. Uh, it was very hands-on. It was very activist faith. He was a, he was a Catholic from Puerto Rico. Um, a lot of people said that they were very touched by his example, by his life, by his sac- self-sacrificial attitude. Manny Sangui and a catcher mm-hmm. for the Pirates. Yeah. Time, was particularly uh, positively affected in his faith by Roberto Clemente. So Clemente didn't have the kind of testimony that, say, somebody like Clint Hurdle has right. or somebody like uh, Troy Palomalu has had, uh, but, but he had that quiet uh, faith that would he was out there doing things, on uh, doing good for people, and of course um, he's uh, been exemplary. In that regard, very nice. Gary Smith is with us. Uh, History of Christianity in Pittsburgh. He's going to be down at uh, Jubilee, the Coalition for Christian Outreach, this uh, this weekend. So, Gary, uh, you'll present when? I make a presentation on Saturday afternoon um, in the history tract. So, one of the great things about Jubilee is they have about forty to fifty workshops, and they have them at three different times: two on Saturday afternoon and one on Sunday morning. And at those workshops, uh, students and primarily a conference geared for college students. Students can pick uh, whatever major they're interested in or majoring in or whatever field that they want to work in after college, and they can go and they can get a Christian perspective on that field, whether it's art or music or engineering or computer science, history, English. uh, Across the board, they get people who are teachers and practitioners in those areas to talk about how faith impacts those areas 
and how one has a specific Christian perspective toward that particular subject matter. So I'm going to do one seminar on that, and I'm going to do another seminar on Sunday morning on my book. Outstanding. Fabulous. Talking well, the history of Christianity in Pittsburgh. Well, listen, I love the work. Uh, I read the book, and it's really powerful to think that there's all these wonderful, strong men and women of Christian faith who really helped been uh, instrumental in making the city of Pittsburgh uh, powerful, uh, not here just locally, but across the world. Uh, I really appreciate the reporting and the work you've done, Gary. Keep it up. Well, thank you, John. It's, uh, it's been a privilege to uh, write the book and be able to talk about it and um, just to celebrate what Christians in Pittsburgh have done because they've done some wonderful things. And hopefully that will be an inspiration to us as we move into the future that, uh, that we can continue to proclaim the gospel and be a, a role model. There are just so many organizations in Pittsburgh that have spun off organizations other places, like the Pittsburgh Leadership Foundation has about 20 different uh, organizations in other cities yeah. that have been based on its model. So but we've, we've gone beyond the region. We've, we've had an impact on the nation, in some cases in the entire world. Very nice. Pittsburgh proud, Pittsburgh strong. Gary Smith, Grove City College, A History of Christianity in Pittsburgh. He'll be a Jubilee this weekend. Hope to see you there as well. Take a quick break. Come back. Get a smidge more ahead. Stay with us. I had a great time this morning with my dentist. She just made me feel so comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer. She makes you feel so calm. Didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth. We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families. I am confident that when I'm finished that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. She does fabulous work. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. Looking to save on Medicare Part D? Switching to Walgreens may help you save on your Medicare Part D prescription. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. Talk to the pharmacist to learn more. I think I'm going to go home and shovel. Is there anything worse than that? That's not so bad, is it? Uh, Mike, your driveway is kind of similar to mine in that it's got a nice uphill climb to it, right? Yes. Yeah, it does, right? Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. in charge of your driveway as well. You yes. Know? Uh, but surprisingly, my my wife loves the shovel. so it's, She loves the shovel? Yeah, it's Very it's nice. great because we tag team it. Excellent. Well, uh, right now I've got a, a an 18-year-old at home, and so he I can't say that he loves the shovel, but he is able to be recruited to go outside and uh, – yeah. And shovel, but I'm going to lose him. He's going to step away and go to college next year. So I'll be out there on my own. But okay. So at the end of the day, I mean, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm going to get up my driveway. It's easy to get down, but now to get back up there, I'm going to have to shovel. It was now it's raining, isn't it? Uh, it's I'm kind of misty and is it is the temperature is up there right now. It's past freezing, so I'm mean, gonna just wait it out. You have a snow you have a snow blower. I get a snow blower, but you know what? I haven't used it yet this year. It hasn't. I've got a big snow blower, like one of those behemoths. Whenever we get a foot of snow, but if you get three inches of snow, it's sort of overkill. You know, it's kind of like it's way over the top. Is so it? I haven't used it. 
Yeah. Give it, you should give it a shot anyway. Yeah, it's gigantic. Yep. You turn it on. It is not good. It's not healthy. So I, I, quite honestly, I'd just like to get rid of the thing and just buy a smaller snowblower. That's you want, all. You want to donate it to me? I would love to have it. You need one? Heck yeah. Donate Give me that thing. It. I could donate it to you. Hey, it's a you, nice snowblower, Mike. Oh, hey, if you're not going to use it. Oh, we'll talk about it. Okay. You yeah. need me to come over? Uh, you're always welcome to come over and shovel. I'll, I'll help you. That'll be you. fine. That's fine. Yeah. As long as you feed me, I'm down. All right. Anyway, so we're going to leave here, and uh, I hope that wherever you are tonight, you haven't been too vexed by the snow today. And no, like, look, spring is on the way. So this time next month. 28 days. Nice. We should be in the free and clear. Before you know it, they'll be playing baseball, and uh, the flowers will be up, and people will be out gardening. I kind of like the idea of hibernating. It's sort of a a guilt-free way in some way to go. I know there's a lot of work to do outside, but I don't have to do it because it's just too darn cold. So... Happy to be inside while we're inside, but also look forward to spring. Hey, always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for joining us here today on The Ride Home. The podcast is up and running, johnandkathyshow.com, about an hour or so after we leave the air. Have yourself a great night. Be safe out there. And God willing, we'll see you same time tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.